Hello, it is Thursday, the 16th of September. One more day to go until we all get paid for the most part on Friday. It's Friday Eve. It's Thursday. How are you doing out there? Historic launch last night from the Kennedy Space Center. We've got you covered on the latest updates from SpaceX. We also have regular programming coming up. And so get ready first for the news from News Nation. This is Michiana Speak out on the SME Community Radio Podcast Channel. News Nation this hour, I'm Vic Vaughn. A Hampton County judge has set bond for the accused trigger man in the alleged attempted assisted suicide of his former prominent South Carolina lawyer, Alex Murdaugh. On the assisted person in committing a suicide, your bond is going to be set at $15,000 cash surety. And on the assault and battery, high and elevated nature, your bond is going to be set at $20,000 cash surety. Curtis Edward Smith is accused of trying to kill Murdoch in a plot the two agreed upon so Murdoch's surviving son could collect millions in insurance money. Prosecutors say the bullet missed, instead only grazing him. Murdoch surrendered to police today on related charges. Idaho health officials have given hospitals statewide the authority to assign ICU beds to patients who are most likely to survive. They say a rise in COVID-19 patients there has exhausted their medical resources. Idaho is one of the least vaccinated states across the country. George Floyd's convicted murderer, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, pleaded not guilty this morning, virtually from a maximum security prison in Minnesota. It's a separate two-count indictment accusing him of violating a black teen's civil rights in 2017 by using a restraint similar to the one used on Floyd. Americans spent more on shopping in August. The AP Sagar Meghani reports. The Commerce Department says retail sales were up, a seasonally adjusted 0.7% last month. Economists had predicted a drop in spending of 0.85%. A separate economic report shows more Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week than the pandemic low reported the week before, up from 312,000 to 332,000. That's after two straight months of fall unemployment. A 21.3-pound white catfish caught in the U.S. last month may have also set a new world record. Connecticut's already confirmed it easily broke the 12.7-pound state record. The International Game Fish Association's yet to confirm that 25-year-old Ben Tom Kunis also beat the world record of 19.3. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and the NewsNationNow app. I'm Vic Vaughn. That's the news from News Nation. You're listening to Michigan Speak Out for Thursday, September the 16th, 2021. My name is Keith Thews, your afternoon host on the SME Community Radio Podcast channel. History, history, history was made yesterday night as the all-civilian space crew of Inspiration4 lifted off on time from the Kennedy Space Center at 8.02 p.m. last night. Beautiful launch, had some very unique pictures taken by locals and TV stations of the first stage and second stage plumes. And we've shared that on our Facebook group earlier today. Really unique, but that's typical with the Falcon 9 rocket launches. Um, it has spooked out some folks in the past, especially over in uh, 
Vandenberg Space Force Base. Um, but anyway, all systems are still go. But the strange thing is that just after the crew reached orbit, the webcast finished up and there were no plans officially to continue a live coverage feed, leaving most folks in the dark and having to return, uh, go to YouTube to figure out where the crew is at in space and itching for the latest news and wishing for live feeds from inside of the Resilience Crew Dragon spacecraft with the crew on board. But this afternoon, SpaceX sent out a series of tweets, and I am relaying these tweets from Spaceflight Now. And so let's go to the Space Now bulletins that they have, and that is as of this afternoon. So be patient as I am loading them up. But did you get a chance to launch? Did you get a chance to watch it? It was a beautiful launch, beautiful night launch. Okay, well, here is the updates from SpaceFlightNow.com. In a tweet, SpaceX has released the first update on the status of the Inspiration4 crew since minutes after the launch last night, reporting that the passengers are, quote, healthy, happy, and resting comfortably from SpaceX at 2 p.m. today. The Inspiration4 crew is healthy, happy, and resting comfortably. Before the crew went to bed, they traveled five and a half times around Earth, completed their first round of scientific research, and enjoyed a first couple of meals. After the crew wakes up today, they will conduct additional research and get their first look out of the dragon's cupola. And we've had a few images from that this morning shared on our Facebook. It says Dragon continues to remain on its intended target orbit with altitudes as high as 590 kilometers above the Earth's surface. And so that is the latest from SpaceX as of 2 p.m. this afternoon, Eastern Time. And as we get more developments, we will let you know here on SME Community Radio. We look forward to the first views out of the cupola. The crew will have to open up the hatch that would normally lead to the docking port for ISS flights from the Crew Dragons. But this time it just goes to the most beautiful view that astronauts and, and guest astronauts and future other non-American astronauts and cosmonauts will face and and. Uh, it's been tested, it's been tried, and we know that the pressure is going to be good. So it's going to be an amazing sight when they see that. And hopefully they'll give us a live view on that. Weather has been beautiful again here in the Elkhart County area. And so get out and enjoy today. It's going to still be warm. Temperatures in the upper 80s for the next few days. Uh, but not as ugly as it was a couple of weeks ago or even on Tuesday before the uh, storm line came through. I don't have any interviews today. Hopefully we'll have a race interview with Ron Varesh tomorrow, talking about the uh, last runs of um, New Paris Speedway as the racing seasons start wrapping up. But we do have... Uh, our regular programming coming up from Pastor Joel Irvin, 
of Happy and Whole and Him. We'll have another community update from Sylvia Stark. And we'll have from the Census Bureau our profile. But first, before we get on to the rest of the programs, it's time to talk about Rural America with PNS. You're listening to Miss Chance Speak Out. My name is Keith, your host, every afternoon. From the Daily Yonder and Public News Service, this is the news from rural America. $4 billion worth of COVID-19 stimulus money slated to help black farmers with debt relief is being held up. The money is meant to address historical disadvantages, but white farmers claim it's reverse discrimination, and lawsuits are tying up the money. Virginia's John Boyd Jr. heads the National Black Farmers Association. A soybean farmer, Boyd says he fought prejudice for years from a loan officer who refused to take his loan application. This person spat on me, called me uh, racial epithets, uh, had my application torn up and thrown in a trash can. USDA investigators substantiated his experience. Boyd says it's part of a pattern that puts farmers of color at higher risk of foreclosure. To me, it's a continuation of the discrimination that we've been facing for many, many years. Black Americans own 50,000 farms, down from one million a century ago. The ongoing crisis in small-town health care is exacerbated by the pandemic. 120 rural hospitals already closed in the last decade, according to researchers. Now Idaho is taking its turn as the epicenter of COVID-19, with 10 hospitals in northern rural areas forced to implement crisis care, a last resort to deal with shortages of staff and hospital beds. The designation allows hospitals to ethically decide how to allocate available resources. All of the key COVID-19 items we watch closely are now headed the wrong direction. Dave Jeppesen, Idaho's Department of Health Director, says it's the first time a state has activated the crisis standards of care. The vast, vast majority of people coming down with COVID-19 are unvaccinated. The pandemic makes traveling by car the safest option for many, and that means a lot of pit stops. Utah's Rural County Grant Program is helping small towns accommodate folks with porta-potties. And Garfield County's Economic Development Director, Caden Figgins, wants the grant money to also create a hub for remote workers. The rural character and the quality of life here is, is fantastic. Figgins wants to offer more diversified services for residents as well as visitors to Utah's Bryce Canyon National Park. Traveling west of the Utah Canyon, you might hear this. The greater sage-grouse population has dropped 80% the past 50 years due to development, but its numbers could get a boost after five rural states set new records, adding acreage to the Grassland Conservation Reserve Program. South Dakota is one. Here's State Wildlife Federation Director Chris Hesla. We still have a lot of open lands out in northwestern South Dakota that, you know, if we can keep the habitat on, the animals and, and the sage-grouse and that will thrive in it. The unusual bird is critical to the circle of life for animals both large and small across 11 western states. For the Yonder Report and Public News Service, I'm Roz Brown. For more rural stories, visit dailyyonder.com. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. We're considering this passage in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15, where the apostle writes, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are like a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. 
Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. In chapter 4, James has been teaching us that in order to be exalted by God, we must learn to humble ourselves before Him. And in this scene, James is revealing anti-humble postures that we're prone to. We've seen how James has been directing us towards humility as we plan our future. We first saw that humility requires acknowledgement of God's sovereignty over our lives. There's nothing wrong, my friends, with making plans for the future, but we cannot do that without thought of God and His purposes in our lives. The most important thing is not our plans for our lives, but God's plans for our lives. So in humility, we recognize that our plans are always subject to change. Second, we admit our frailty. We're like steam that comes out of a tea kettle. We vanish away. So we need to be living our lives with a different profit motive. We have an eternal profit mindset. Missionary Jim Elliott said, well, he is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And the third thing James wants to expose is the folly of excluding the will of God from our plans. We're prone to say, I'm going to move here. I plan to get this job. I'm going to save up and buy this. And James interrupts us and says, verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Before we ponder this any further, let me note there's a tendency in some people to be neurotic about this. You'll meet some Christians and they'll finish almost every sentence with, Lord willing, Lord willing. Is that what James is telling us to do here? If these merchants had simply said, Lord willing, at the end of their planning, would that have solved the problem? Simply punctuating every statement with, Lord willing, is not the point. Saying, Lord willing, 80 times a day actually indicates a spirit of hysteria. If we use the phrase, Lord willing, like a protective talisman, that instead actually reveals a failure to trust the Lord. The real question, my friend, for these merchants and for you and I, comes from our Lord Jesus. Jesus is asking us every day as we make our plans, Jesus is saying, is it true that you want my will to be done in your life here on earth as my will is done in heaven? Jesus is saying, is this your deep passion or are you just mouthing the words to my prayer? And I think it's important to remember that Jesus is not asking us to do anything he did not do himself. Jesus took on our flesh, he walked our earth, and he ever lived to do his Father's will. And we can thank God that he did, and at great cost to himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as he faced the prospect of going to the cross for our sins, as he felt the cup of God's righteous judgment being pressed into his hand, it is evident from the blood that our Savior sweat, and from his cries that his Father take it away, that there was nothing in his human nature that could ever want to drink that down to the dregs. But Jesus ended that prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus shows us by his perfect life how to live as those submitted to God's will. And he also did it in his death. And it is now our turn to live as sons and daughters of the Father on earth during this brief little time we have. Now we may ask, well, Joel, but how can I know the Lord's will, what is the Lord's will for my life is? Is there a guide that would give me direction on how to live? I'm glad you asked. 
You see, God will not hide His will from anyone who earnestly seeks it, because it is God's deep desire, not just that we know His will, but that we walk in His will. And yes, my friend, He has given us a guide to know His will. Jesus actually says in Matthew 4, 4, that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God has given us our Bibles to guide us, and by feeding on His Word daily, by attending to the preaching of it in a local congregation, we will find out what the will of the Lord is for our lives. No, the Bible's not going to tell us if God wants us to move here or there, or to take that job, or other specifics. But the Bible will guide us in wisdom. It will reveal the big picture, the spiritual reality, that we cannot see with these earthly eyes. To the church in Colossae, Paul will add how he never ceases to pray that they be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So I'll add that after receiving God's word, we then need to pray it over our lives. And by God's grace, we'll see it being worked out to the glory of God. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired. But I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Next Reality Studios, located at 1100 North Chicago Avenue in Goshen, is your hot community spot for virtual reality. 20,000 square feet of VR fun. Social and community groups can use the Innovation Center for various trainings and events. Very easy to find at the Old Bag Factory. Look them up on Facebook and call ahead to book a time slot. Walk-ins are welcome too. Looking for some fun things to do during the month of September? Here are a few things that is happening. We have all cart, food and truck and tailgate party happening on September 25th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. in downtown Elkhart at the Civic Plaza in Central Green. We have the Essence Classic Car Cruising still happening every Thursday until September 30th from 4.30 p.m. at the Dutch Essence House in the Medbury, Indiana. We have the Napanee Apple Fest September 16th through 19th. Amazing Acres opens up for the season on Wednesday, September 15th, and will run through October 31st in Edwardsburg, Michigan, and they will be up Wednesday through Sunday. In Goshen, we have the Noel Brook Farms Corn Maze, and that, the first day of that will be September 18th, and will run through October 31st, and that will be a Friday through Sunday. And we have Yoga on the Green in downtown Elkhart. The first kickoff date that was September 13th. And it will run every Monday until October 4th. It is also Hispanic Heritage Month coming up on September 15th, running through October 15th. Have a wonderful time getting some fun in in September, as well as getting to know a little bit what's happening with Hispanic Heritage Month. Have a wonderful day. Profile America, Thursday, September 16th. 
National Step Family Day, founded in 1997, is celebrated annually on this date. Step parents and stepchildren often suffer in both real and fictional portrayals in literature and other media. This occasion offers positive reinforcement for the very real people making these particular family arrangements work. The 2000 census was the first decennial census to collect information on the type of relationship between householders and their children, whether biological, step, or adoptive. There are some 72.7 million children under 18 years of age in American households. Nearly 2.4 million, or about 3.3%, are stepchildren. Regionally, almost half the stepchildren are in the south, while the fewest, 285,000, are in the northeast. You can find more facts about America from the U.S. Census Bureau online at census.gov. Thank you so much for listening and sharing this program on Miss Chance Speak Out. The staff at SME Community Radio invites all of you to please share our podcasts out there. Let folks know that we are a source of news that tries to be as balanced as we can get. And we are a unique source of news as well and community information. We're fresh. We're going to be more entertaining, hopefully more interactive. Stay tuned for more. I'll be back in the morning with our daily morning newscast. Ta-ta for now.